Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about knitting, sometimes quilting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 49. Welcome. I'm reporting here from what I think is week nine of lockdown. <laughs> so, wow, I got to tell you, it's um, it's getting a little bit old, but there are good things too. Um, this weekend, I gave two men's haircut, my husband and my son. Um, during the last week, I dyed my daughter's hair, and I want to talk about that for a second. Um, so she's 22, and she's that age where sometimes people are doing crazy things with their hair. It used to be blue, um, and then she had it professionally done at Christmas time—a uh, very pretty dark auburn red. It looks really good on her. We're um, kind of a family of redheads, not me personally, but uh, everyone else has redheaded leaning, so it worked on her beautifully. But it has not been done since the end of December. So it was like five months. She was going to have it done um, for her birthday in March, which was kind of a good amount of time. And um, then lockdown happened, like right when her appointment was. So we've been kind of putting it off, but she graduated from college and I wanted to take a nice picture of her for announcements, (laughs) but I wanted to wait till we did her roots. So we ended up going to, um, and this is not sponsored in any way, but we ordered from Madison Reed. I'm sure you've seen the ads if you're on Instagram at all. They, I'm sure, are making a killing right now with all the people doing their own roots. So um, we ordered, it It was a little, it's a little hard to pick that kind of color online. So I was, I was nervous, but it worked out. Um, I was afraid that we didn't have enough. They have you do um, the roots and then you put the little cap on and you uh, let it sit for 30 minutes and then you take it off and you take like the remaining half of the dye and you just put it on all the rest of the hair and you let it sit for five minutes before you rinse it out. And that kind of makes perfect sense to kind of blend that same tone in. And, you know, but she had five months of regrowth, not a month or two. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm using too much of this. And she has so much hair. Um, but ultimately it worked out. It came out really good. I'm very pleased with it. And I think that, um, will repeat in another like eight weeks and then there'll be it'll be so much easier because it'll be so much less growth but it'll also kind of maybe um, fix anything where I kind of skimped I feel like I kind of started to skimp on the die so I'd have something left over at the end but um, yeah that worked out really well so two men's haircuts we dyed Chloe's hair I've talked about that um, you know I was sort of embracing going gray I'm very gray we go gray prematurely in my house, my family. Um, Not that it would actually be prematurely at this point, but the front half of my hair is just like white, but in the back, it's um, just a little bit salt and peppery. Um, But you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I've always, I've had my hair blonde for a long time because I, I, I was a blonde. And so I just, I identify as a blonde. Um, so I was just not sure what to do, but the blonde is starting to get a little brassy. You know, it's been a long time since, um, I've had my hair done. So I did a little research and I went down the rabbit hole of purple shampoo, which can take the brassiness out of um, blonde hair. Um, I guess it's, it's on the opposite side of the color wheel. And so it counteracts it a bit. So I actually texted my hairdresser and she actually recommended um, something. It's a little bit different. It's the same idea, but it's called Caracolor. 
um, and I used the silver. So it's called a conditioner. So it's actually um, a conditioner and a cleanser. <laughs> I don't I'm confused. Um, but it deposits color onto your hair. So it's putting a little bit of silver on top of my um, blonde. And I watched a bunch of YouTube videos, which is mostly girls in their 20s with bleach blonde hair that are trying to go really ashy. Um, so I had no idea what to expect. So it says you can leave it on between three and 20 minutes. So of course I picked three. It did nothing. So the next time I did it, I did it not... I did it before I got in the shower and just kind of dampened my hair because these girls that are doing it, they often uh, don't wet their hair because they say it takes color a lot easier when it's dry. So I just kind of dampened my hair, put it on, waited 10 minutes, and I do think that it toned it down a bit. So I'm just going to keep playing with it. Um, I'll be honest when I say that I am kind of losing my nerve uh, about staying gray. <laughs> so vain. Um so we'll see. But I have no problem with this now. Like my hairdresser opened up and I just, I don't feel the need to go back at this point. We, I mean, I'm in Southern California and our county is, um, which is Ventura County, is starting to open up with, you know, all kinds of things. And we're just going to take it slow, you know. So we are, we're deciding to kind of just delay eye doctor appointments, dentist appointments. If I had an eye problem or a dental problem, I would have no issue going because I'm sure it'll be fine. But since it just doesn't even seem worth the risk since everything seems fine right now. So we're just kind of definitely going slow. So we're just going to keep doing what we're doing here. I feel like I'm saving a ton of money here between dyeing Chloe's hair, um, dyeing my own hair, the haircuts. Um, oh, I also did my own eyebrows, which I did do anyways. So I'm blonde, theoretically, or gray, however you want to think of it. In either case, my eyebrows um, I have plenty of eyebrows, but they are so light that they just, I need to darken them. Um, if, if you have dark eyebrows, I don't think you necessarily understand how much having eyebrows improves the topography of your face. So, um, so I don't like to pencil them every day. So I dye them and I used to have them professionally done. And then they were always too dark at first. And then they would fade so much before my next appointment. So I've taken matters into my own hands because I read this thing. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I use the Just For Men Beard Dyeing Kit. I am not joking. It's $11. I've been using it for a year. Um, when I get my eyebrows dyed, it's $10 each time. Um, I have in the past actually gone to the beauty supply store and just gotten dye and developer and done it myself. It's very hard to find the right color, but I picked like a dark, what did I, I don't even know. Um, it's actually, I'm looking at the package right now, but I can't see, but it's like a, I pick like a kind of a light or medium brown for my eyebrows because I want them to be darker than my hair. And um, it's got the color and the developer. It's, you have to mix those two things together for it to, to work. And um, I use an old toothbrush and I brush it onto my eyebrows for four minutes and then take it off. And it's amazing. <laughs> it looks great. And it is like one of the best at-home hacks there are right now. So just the just for men beard stuff for your eyebrows. So anyways, um, I feel like I'm a little bit racing against the clock because my son has a drum lesson and then a Zoom drum lesson in the next room in 35 minutes. So let's see if we can beat it. <laughs> but in general, life is slow 
I'm very full of routine right now, which is usually a lot of how I like it. But man, I could use a little something <laughs> to mix it up. Sometimes, frankly, sometimes I just want to be alone and there's no place to be alone around here. It's hard. Um, but, you know, all in all, everybody is uh, healthy and safe and we have jobs and it's it's all good. But I have to tell you a funny thing. Um, in Gmail, you can set this setting up that it will... Um, email you your Google Calendar at five o'clock in the morning. So whatever's on your Google Calendar for that day, it sends you an email. And that's really good if you're like me. And I love to use digital calendars, but sometimes I forget to check them. And um, so when you have nothing, you just get, as you see, you can see in the subject line where it says, you know, your Google Calendar for the day. And it says, you have no events today. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to get so excited when I would see that because my Google Calendar used to be packed, you know, three kids and work and, you know, all these kinds of things. There was a lot of stuff on that calendar and um, it's so empty now. And so I used to think it was such a thrill, but now I just kind of laugh. I'm like, no, of course there are no events today. And half the events are like that my son, like the one I got today is just that my son has a drum lesson today. It's not even anything that I have to do. So it's just, it's just kind of funny. So life is slow, but um, that is just what it's going to be right now. And thanks so much to Fat Quarter Shop for once again sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. They've got a new book. It's the Bonnie and Camille Quilt Beat Book. This celebrated mother-daughter team present their personal stories of how quilting has shaped their pasts and presents while influencing future generations. They also share tips on how to make quilting an occasion to be shared with family, friends, and the global quilting community, as well as many practical quilt tips. The book features 12 amazing projects, including the unforgettable Shine On Sampler Quilt, nine coordinating quilts, a pillow, and one gift-worthy thread catcher. With a bonus cross-stitch companion of the sampler quilted included, there is so much to do within these pages. That cross-stitch sampler is absolutely adorable. It makes me want to take up cross-stitch. Bonnie and Camille invite you to expand your social circle by igniting your creativity and honing your quilting skills at the same time. Will you sew along? Reserve your book today and get a 10% off the retail price of $29.95. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it at Fat Quarter Shop. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. As always, I will put a link in the show notes, and I will link to um, the book and the the um, cute picture of Camille Ross Kelly holding the cross-stitch sampler. You totally need to check it out. It's adorable. So let's talk quilting or quilting and sewing. Um, I mentioned last time, and again, I'm sorry if I repeat things. I'm just going to assume that, number one, not everybody listens to every episode, and number two, if I've forgotten I talked about it, hopefully you did too. <laughs> but I've changed my focus for sewing right now to focus on my whips or my UFOs, things that are half done. So I'm working on my scrappy trip. That's going to be smaller. I've used up every jelly roll. I really, once I realized that I was getting, I'm not going to really have a, enough of this jelly roll to do a full-size quilt. I just am seriously chain piecing all five blocks at the last time. Um, and uh, so that won't take that long to finish up. Um, so I, I had a friend um, contact me about, you know, helping me finish up the quilting on some of these quilts. And um, so I looked at what what's available here. And um, I pulled out this, it's called a Pretty Playtime Quilts by Aaliyah Lutz. It was a, it was a, 
sew along I did with a fat quarter shop to promote her fabric line and her book from many years ago. Like I remember being getting, it was maybe the first thing that, um, where fat quarter shop reached out to me to be in a blog hop. And so I remember exactly where it was. I was on a college tour with my daughter and I emailed them back to see if they had made a mistake. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they had asked me. But anyways, um, I am one block short of being able to turn that into an adorable little girl quilt. So I think I'm going to do that. It won't take very long. Um, and then I've got this quilt for cure, quilts for cure quilt um, that it's blue and yellow. And I've talked about it a million times. I practiced free motion quilting on all the blue squares with blue thread. So you can't really see it. And then I got really stymied because the back is navy blue and there's only yellow hearts left to do so it's either if i go yellow quilting it's going to show on the back if i show blue thread it's going to show on the front <laughs> and i'm scared so um i've had two long armors say that they would do it for me and like okay that's what i'm gonna do this sounds ridiculous but i'm gonna rip out the quilting in all of these squares these hearts that i've done so i started doing that I am not going to do that. <laughs> it has taken me so long and I'm not even done with one heart. So now I'm going to finish ripping out the stitching in that heart. And then I've decided that I'm going to donate it to um, a local quilt guild that I'm not a member of, but I know people who are. And I think if I give it to the charity group, they have a huge charity arm. Somebody else will finish domestic machining, machine quilting this because at some point you just have to go, I've been sitting on this for two years. I am never going to do it. So, um, so that felt good to make that decision. What doesn't feel good is that I still have like many hours of just picking the threads out of this one block. It was such a bad idea. And of course I didn't even look at the quilt and go, let me find the least densely quilted block and start with that one. No, I kind of picked the most densely quilted. So, so anyways, so I've got, you know, some quilting things going on. Nothing that's like super exciting. It's just stuff that I want to get done so I can kind of move on with my life. I did do a post. I don't know if you saw it on visible mending. It was like my last Orophil artisan, um, post. And, um, that was really fun. And I think I talked about that last time. I'm pretty sure that I uh, did some visible mending on Chloe. She had a pair of um, very lightweight um, denim pants. And, um, and I kind of learned that I like variegated thread. So I used kind of a gray at first and it's just a running stitch. No, no, nothing exciting, but it looks cute. And, um, and it wasn't enough. So I went back in with some variegated blue and white kind of thread. And usually, um, I don't like the unpredictability of variegated thread, but you know what? Um, it ended up looking really cute. So I'll definitely use that for when I do more visible mending. Cause frankly, I've got another pair of jeans of mine that are running a little thin in the inner thighs quarantine 15. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I'm also still sewing masks. Um, I'm really kind of struggling to get the proper um, length on the ear loops. Ear loops are my favorite, but they are the hardest to fit. Um, and so I've made them for, you know, different people, like close friends where I can say, okay, tell me, how does that fit? And they're like, okay, well, you know, honestly, my husband's could have been a little bit bigger and my daughter's could have been a little smaller. And so, you know, I'm just kind of trying to figure it out. I just sewed up two that are and packaged up, sending them to my dad in Idaho. Um, and now I'm switching over. I do the, the pleated ones and now I'm switching over to the one that the, the pattern that, um, Minky Kim made that my, um, 
my video on how to hand sew one is based on, but I'm, I did ear loops on that because that's a more fitted one, fitted on your face kind of mask. Um, so, but then I did the six inch loops on that and they were too small. Now, luckily I have a, a friend whose daughter has a very tiny face. <laughs> She's like 19, but she has a very tiny face. So I, I'm going to give that one to her. And I think I'm just going to go with six and a half inch ear loops. I finally got my hands um, from on some actual um, quarter inch elastic. And it really is superior to the rolled elastic that I've been using. So, so still kind of experimenting. I have a feeling that we are going to be wearing masks for a while. So um, I'm just thinking that we, we need some choices. We need um, to have you know, like maybe two per person, you know, things like that. So, so that's kind of what's going on sewing wise. I'll, I am pulling out also some hand piecing projects. Years ago, I started this fat quarter shop sew along um, and I hand pieced all the blocks. The blocks are done. They just need sashing, but there's like 72 of them. So there's a lot. So I need to pull out my design board and lay them out. And I think I'm just going to really double down on doing some hand piecing now I think it'll be good for my brain and it, it lessens the frustration of my sewing machine situation. So let's move on to uh, books and TV shows and things like that. Um, I don't have a ton to report, but I did start listening to, oh, now I forgot to write down her name, the You Are a Badass book. Um, and I listened to it on from from Libby, so as an audiobook. I didn't make it all the way through. It's pr it's pretty good, but I feel like it's very much like um, the Rachel Hollis books. It's very raw, raw. You are an entrepreneur, and you can do anything you want. And at some point, I'm just like, yeah, 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 I got that. So uh, you know, it's a good book for that kind of a thing, but um, it kind of wasn't what I was looking for. I started to get like desperate of <laughs> what is going to be my next big read. Um, I downloaded as a, as a, um, you know, comfort read, the only Jennifer Cheverini book that was available on Libby, which is The Wedding Quilt, which is fun because it is from, um, it's one of the last books I think she did because it's in the future where, if you know, there's Sarah and Sylvia who run the Elm Creek Quilts Retreat Center. Um, it's Sarah's daughter is getting married. So it's, it's pretty far into the future. Um, and so that's been kind of fun. I haven't made it all that far, but I, I love those Elm Creek quilts books. You know, it, I feel like Bonnie Hunter's Quiltville Inn is just going to be the Elm Creek Manor for the rest of us. It's like the real version of that. And someday I'm definitely going to get to the Quiltville Inn um, with some friends for a quilt retreat, which I have never been on a quilt retreat. I, I slur those words, quilt retreat. Um, I've never even had like a sew day. So that's how lame I am. But um, someday that it's like just seems so perfect. And the other thing that I started reading um, did you ever read, and it's funny because I brought this book up last time, I think, um, the Jean All series from of Clan of the Cave Bear. Um, I forgot what that, there, it's a, there's a name for that series. It's escaping me right now. But I, um, my husband had to talk me into reading the first one. I'm trying to talk my daughter into it. The, the book Clan of the Cave Bear is, sounds like if you had listed all the books that I would never be interested in reading, that title would be at the top of my list. But it turns out I really love that book. I've loved that series. And she did finally, it took her many years, like 10 years, to write the last book in that series. Um, and it's called The Land of Painted Horses. 
the land of painted caves. And um, I realized I had never read it. It came out in uh, 2011. And um, so I'm reading that. It's funny because I looked it up on um, Amazon and it was like a $7.99 Kindle book. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. But then I'm like, maybe I should just check Libby. My I live in such a like tiny little suburb area that usually my libraries are terrible and I have multiple library cards, but they had the book. One of them had the book. Um, so I just am reading it on Libby and I thought, I wonder if I'll have any trouble. It has been literally 10 or 15 years since I have read one of these books, but she does a really good job of reminding you <laughs> of all the things that you need to remember. So if you were into that series at all, um, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying that. And, um, and that's kind of it. Oh, I'm also reading the Jojo Moyes Giver of Stars as, as a physical book. Um, but then, of course, I set that down in favor of my Kindle, which I know is like the opposite of so many people that would rather read the physical book. I would rather read the Kindle now. Um, so I need to tell people that when they start giving me books at Christmas. <laughs> so um, so that's it for books. Um, and then I don't really have much to talk about on the show front. We finished Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I talked about last time. And um, I assume there'll be a second season. But if you've started that series and you enjoy it, make sure you get all the way to the end because the last episode is a knockout. Um, there is a... Um, I think I've, I've mentioned that the show that, you know, she, Zoe, um, sees people doing a whole song and dance number for what they're really feeling inside versus what they may be acting completely different or sending a different vibe, but this is what's really going on in their head. And the last, um, I'm not sure it's the last scene, but in that last episode, there is a, I think it's seven minutes of a, what do they call it? A long shot. It's one shot of one of these song numbers where um, the camera is moving, following different people around through a house. And it's one take with many different people singing, many little handoffs. And it's amazing. After we watched it, uh, uh, somewhere through it, it's actually the whole thing's about nine minutes, but there is one cut as they, uh, this group of people walks from um, outside to inside. So there is a cut right there. Um, and then the rest of it is seven straight minutes. And partway through it, I said to my husband, has this been one shot? Because this is kind of extraordinary. He's like, yeah, I was just, just thinking that. So we actually rewatched it and then we Googled it. And I was going to make all my kids watch it just because it is an amazing um, feat to, to do this in, in one long shot. Like West Wing never even did anything so extraordinary. So that was really, um, that was really fun. So that's Zoe's um, extraordinary playlist. We did watch the first episode of Space Force, which is hilarious. Um, it's got a bunch of people, completely star-studded. Um, Steve Carell, um, Lisa Kudrow plays his wife. Um, I don't know. There's just so many people. I just can't even uh, do them justice. The guy that played David Putty on Seinfeld. I never remember his actual name. Um, there's just a ton of people. It's very funny all about the Space Force. Um, so that's been really fun. And then I've just been kind of continuing on with the stuff because I started Doc Martin over. I'm on season, I think I'm at the end of season two now. And it's always fun once you've watched uh, an episode, you know, a, a series when you go back and you just kind of 
go, oh, that happened so early on, or oh, I never realized this pattern before. Uh, like if you've watched Doc Martin, what I never realized is the character of Al Large, he always dates Doc Martin's receptionists. And I never really realized that until I'm like, oh, wow, look at this. So, so anyways, but I love to rewatch things, which reminds me, I was listening to, oh, here's another one I forgot, Gretchen Rubin's book, Better Than Before, on audiobook. And um, she's talking about the whole four tendencies, obligers and upholders, rebels and questioners. You can take a test on her website for the four tendencies. Um, but she just was talking about all these kinds of things where people can, you are like divided into two groups. Um, the first one being the people who like to divide people into two groups and the people who don't. <laughs> but are you, um, you know, an early bird or a night owl? I'm definitely an early bird. Are you a, um, a finisher or an opener? And I never really thought about that, but in general, I am a finisher. I get so much joy out of finishing something and throwing it away. The last of the toothpaste, the last of the shampoo, the last of whatever, I just to feel like I have used it to its capacity. Um, and so I, I'm the type of person, like I have so little makeup. I have one mascara at a time and, and you know, I just, I have one of everything basically. Um, and that's the other thing is, do you like simplicity or abundance? And I'm definitely simplicity. I, in, in many ways, I'm not saying that I don't like to buy things cause I do, but I also take a lot of joy out of getting rid of things and, and sending them off to new homes. So I never really realized how many um, of these, you know, personality things just play into your habits. Oh, there was another one. Are you a, um, a sprinter, a marathoner, or a procrastinator? And I'm a marathoner. Like in terms of work projects, I'm at work a little bit every day. I hate feeling stressed out by a deadline. I finish almost everything early because I don't like that pressure. Some people are sprinters and it's not that they are procrastinators, but they realize that they, their, their best ideas don't come with, without the energy of a deadline. And the procrastinators are really one of, they think they're sprinters, but they're really not. <laughs> they might be either, but it was more, it's more, they, they, um, see sprinters can set a project aside and not worry about it until it's closer or procrastinators it's bothering them the whole time so anyways um so that's another book better than before by by gretchen rubin all right people i've got 17 minutes before the drumming starts let's see if we can do this <laughs> so let's move on to homemaking i'm project girl right now i am crazy energized by projects so the first one um is the garden and you know like that's not unusual everyone seems to be planting gardens um it's so hard to get into a garden center these days that i decided i was going to plant everything from seed and that is having mixed results i don't know radishes are done mescaline are coming up so that's really exciting and i'm happy to be able to give some of that to my my neighbor who keeps us very supplied with fresh lemons um but yeah so i ordered a bunch of seeds it's by the time i got around to doing it like every cucumber seed in the united states was sold out and i'm not even kidding it was incredible. Most jalapeno seeds. I did find some from a place called Sustainable Seed Company, and I planted them last weekend. Um, and then I looked today, and they may not even sprout for three to four weeks. <laughs> so we'll see. But I planted a whole lot of seeds last weekend, and 
almost none of them have come up yet. So I don't even know if any of this is going to work, but whatever. And I, I planted some zinnia seeds too. Um, I'm hoping that those come up. I've got a couple zinnia volunteers that have just come up from last year, but um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that's going, but I am enjoying um, like my little farmer self there and uh, we'll see how that keeps going. And then also last weekend, I did this crazy sewing room reconfiguration. Um, we've basically gotten the news that my son, who is at UC San Diego, he's going to be all online classes next year. He's not going to go back to school to live. And so we needed to continue to tweak this environment that we thought was temporary. And now who knows how long this is going to go. So we share the dining room table um, for his, his whole computer setup. And then that's where my sewing machine and cutting table were. And I, I sh I've shared before that I, um, he says he doesn't mind, but he always gets up and leaves when I sew. So I'm thinking it's not great. And also the way it's situated, even though we have moved him two times to try to increase his privacy, um, so that, you know, people aren't walking past his screen to go to the kitchen and, and things like that, um, the, that his, the, his background isn't showing baby pictures, things like that. Um, we, we needed to do more. So I actually took all of my little mini quilts down off the wall and we moved that table, the dining room table diagonally so that he's, um, he kind of sits in a corner. So now it's, it's very private. Nobody getting lunch is going to be seen in, by any of his classmates. Um, and I got my sewing machine off that desk off that table. And I have tried a lot of different things. Um, none of them really worked. So what uh, I've basically done is set up, I have a little shelf that um, houses a lot of my, you know, just sewing paraphernalia. Um, fun fact, my high school boyfriend built it for me in high school wood shop for a turntable and albums. <laughs> And I still have it. And now it's my sewing thing. Um, and basically, I just put my sewing machine there. And then when I need to sew, I put it on my desk where I work. So I've got a laptop and a secondary monitor. I've got it hooked up so that the cords stay um, on top of my desk. I have a little cord holder. And so then when I lift the, the and, and even my, like the foot pedal is down under my desk all the time. And I just put my, my sewing machine there. Um, it's not great. I worry about all the lint being next to my really good computer um, and light is really terrible over there, but you know, it's doable. Um, you know, I feel like my, my son is getting robbed of a college experience. So to be a slightly inconvenienced with, so inconvenienced with sewing is not a big deal, but um, so yeah, so that's kind of where it is now. Um, and it's just, just kind of a pain to take it off and on again, but you know, it's, it's okay. Now we are going to get my daughter's, um, furniture out of, uh, her apartment in San Diego, which she abandoned back in March. And, um, we're going to have to put some of that in storage. We just, we don't have a big enough house for, for this kind of the stuff that she has accumulated to furnish her own apartment. Um, and so I think I might move one of the chairs We have this big leather chair. I think I might try to put that into storage and then opens up a little more space in the living room. And I realize now what I need is what's called a writing desk. Um, and I can put it in front of the, the window. And I think that that will kind of look okay in that room. So we'll see. So I do have hope that maybe this is going to work out a little bit better in the future. But but right now, um, yeah, just a little little disillusioned with the with the sewing. It's just it's funny when you kind of when your when your environment is not conducive, it can really hamper 
um, your creativity. Um, and my when I was moving all the stuff around, my daughter sort of caught the bug, and she has completely rearranged her room. Um, now that she that's her home office, so she's moved her ta her desk in front of the the window, and she's got a, a, a bookshelf with three sections from IKEA, those the big Billy bookshelves, and um, she split them up and put them in different parts of the room, which I thought honestly was a terrible idea. You know what? It kind of works. Like someday when she moves out, I'll probably put them back where they were, but I don't mind them, and and it, the whole room seems kind of fresh, which I think is was is fun so that kind of just kind of gives you that that new energy um, and the last project that I <laughs> embarked on is I started making kombucha so I finally did this I looked into it I've, I've mentioned this before um, and I got a big anchor hawking um, glass jar with a spigot I'm gonna do what's called the continuous brew method and I brewed up my sweet tea just yesterday ordered a scoby which is the the um, it's like a symbiotic colony of yeast and bacteria. Does that sound right? Something like that. Um, which sits on the kombucha, which is what makes it ferment. And um, I've been really nervous about this. And so I've, some people have reached out to tell me that it's not as scary as it sounds. So thank you for that. You made me brave. And it really wasn't much of an investment. Um, so yeah, so it's it's sitting in a closet. Um and I'm going to, like, in two weeks when I podcast again, I'll let you know how that's going. But I'm very excited that that's been sort of, pardon the expression, brewing around in the back of my mind for a long time. So so anyways, I'm Project Girl. That is how, how I am kind of dealing with the sameness and the monotony and the boredom of being in lockdown. And I'm kind of curious what you guys are doing to, to save your sanity during this time. I'll probably ask that question over in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. So join that and join the conversation if you haven't already. We've had some new people join. We were talking last week about um, cooking during this time and how it seems like we're always cooking and sharing some new recipes. I'm trying to do a new recipe every week and some people shared some amazing ones. So that kind of gave me some, some more um, ideas for, for upcoming menu planning. I've realized that for the last couple of weeks, I have forgotten to talk about reviews. And um, so forgive me for that. And we've had uh, a couple of reviews. Love for Pop Culture left a review, said some very nice things, and I completely appreciate that. And also Kids in Love. I think those are the two that I, I missed. So thank you both so much for your, for your kind words. Um, Reviews really help people find the podcast, especially since my title doesn't actually include the word quilt, <laughs> the name of my podcast, which was perhaps a miscalculation on my part. So um, the more people care that um, that leave ratings and reviews helps, you know, the quilting people find it, even though it's we're not just quilting. You know, I think it's mostly uh, us quilters here talking about quilting and the other things that that make up our our life. So um Feel free to share the podcast. I love hearing from you either on Instagram, email, comments on the show notes, in the Facebook group, all those things. I, I love it. I think I'm going to make it here eight minutes till drumming starts. <laughs> so thanks for spending this time with me. I truly appreciate it. Did I talk about my tea? I don't think I talked about my tea. So I'm going to do it right now because it's sitting right in front of me. I, I grabbed the tin. It's the Harney and Sons Tower of London Blend. It's a black tea and honey blend, and it's very good, especially with a splash of milk. Um, so that, that's been my companion today. We're having, let's see, it's the last day of May, and um, we've had some beautiful weather, and um, 
but it's been a little overcast and has brought the temperatures down the last couple days. So um, it's been wonderful. It's great tea drinking weather. And that's about it for this week. And I'll catch you next time. Thanks for spending this time with me.